Mano! Vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá! Here we go. We did it. This is it, guys. It's the day you've all been waiting for. I know you've been craving, waiting, going, when is the next episode coming out? It's episode nine of Jaded. We did it. It's been such a journey to get here, honestly. You think, oh, podcasts, these are cool. These are easy to make. Don't make one. It's like when people ask me like, hey, oh, man, do you have any advice on like how to get to stand-up comedy? Like, how do you get into stand-up comedy? I'm like, don't. Figure out if you're good at anything else and do that do it. Just go with any other talent that you have. It's miserable. Hi, guys. We did it. Um, I'm very excited to let you guys know that I'm back on the road. I have some road dates coming up. When this comes out, it'll be the third. So I have a bunch of stuff coming up locally in LA. So please check out jadecatapreta.com for all my dates and my Instagram and all that stuff. I'll be in Rochester at the Carlson May 21st and 22nd with my friend Abby Feldman. It's her hometown. There's like a vegan festival going on. If you buy a ticket, you get a vegan bowl or some kind of exciting combo there. So please make sure to check that out. And yeah, I thought I'd start every episode. We're trying to get a little more segmented, a little more structured. So you guys are not like, what the fuck is she talking about? And I thought I'd start everyone with a little thing where it's just me ranting about something that's bothering me. And you know what that is? Fucking Zoom, you guys. I am... Okay, it was a pandemic. We were stuck in our homes. We had to be creative. We had to communicate and connect and see each other face-to-face, pantless, but face-to-face. And there was Zoom. And I have a theory, and I think a lot of people have this theory. Zoom is in charge of the pandemic. It's why it happened. They found a bat. They ate it. They spread it around. It wasn't even in China. It was in LA in an office in Santa Monica. These guys were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make them need us. And someone's like, yeah, make them need us. Yeah, need us, need us. And everyone was ranting. And then uh, and then we're all stuck. A Zoom comedy show just is such a panic moment for me. I've done so many. I don't know if uh, people at home have done them, but it became a necessity. I was like, I need to perform because therapy is too expensive. And I would just start freaking out and doing like a show and tell of things that were in the room. Like I think it was twice or three times during a Zoom show. I was so sweaty. I was profusely sweating. I could just feel drips of sweat going down my back into my crack. And I would just start showing them my underwear drawer. <laughs> like multiple times. I just thought that's the only thing I can do to make this interesting. I'd pull out like a pack of uh of pantyhose that were like unopened. And I'm like, mm, these guys are ready to go out, get out of Zoom. And then you're like in people's homes, which is like, it's too it's too close to home for lack of a better word. Like you can see their house. They're like in their comfortable clothes. Like, look, I, I, I miss guys wearing mesh shorts, but I do not, I, like everybody just wears sweatpants now. That's an f- interesting thing to think about. Like when are we all gonna start wearing pants again? The jean sales just plummet down to the drain (laughs) like people are like we're over zippers it's not the year for the zipper well the zipper's making a comeback and shows are making a comeback comedy shows are opening up again and I'm so excited because I can't handle zoom anymore honestly and then you do that thing where you can't like quite figure out the lighting and the angle and like I cannot my house cannot be a set anymore you guys it can't be a set so this is a little segment where it's just like I just need to take a second and I need to fucking breathe You guys, you should take a breath with me right now. I don't know where you are. You might be in your car driving out to work. Traffic is back. So that's another exciting thing. So so just take a calming into your nose and out of your mouth. Fuck. Yeah, that's right. That's how you get it out. 
that's how I meditate. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> I just turn negative very quickly. But yeah, I can't handle it anymore. Like my entire house is just a set all the time. Like there's just lights set up. I'm tripping over the, the background. And by the way, I have one of those backgrounds that I got on Amazon. One side is green, one side is blue, which is exciting. I go to fold it back up. I can't figure it out. I can't. It's like I either get it in one swoop or I'm fighting with this background at all times. Like that's not what I signed up to do. OK, we already have a hard job. We have to memorize lines. We have to like pretend like we've made it before we made it. We have to delusionally be confident in ourselves. And then on top of it now, I have to produce and direct and light the whole thing. What, what is this? If I wanted to do that, I would already be shooting a movie on my own. I would already be making a short film. I wouldn't be auditioning for your project, ma'am. And it's so embarrassing. Like, and then the second you get comfortable with like just throwing away lines, they're like, we want you to be more. Th it's just like, it, it's just never right. I'm now ranting about all the other things, but Zoom, it's where it stems at. I've been talking to this camera the whole time, but this is my wide. I'm going to be pissed off about camera angles now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just over Zoom and I'm glad that it gave us a chance to connect during it. But I, I just, I miss it. I'm ready to hug people. I'm ready to get a little bit sick every time I go out. <laughs> I'm ready for it. You know what? My immune system might not be prepared for this reopening, but my body and my mind are. Like, I can't be in my apartment anymore. Does anybody else feel this? I feel like that there's this, like, COVID filth all over everything. Like, I need to do a deep clean of all the emotions and all the trauma that I went through of just being and living in my apartment. Like, my living room is just a set in a gym, in a, in a kitchen, in a living room, and just, like, my dog's house. It's just... I need to deep clean my soul. We all need to pretend like this year never fucking happened. I want COVID to just be like a guy that I fucked in college that moved to Australia. Just, I don't know where you are. You're having brekkie with some other girl and don't call me. I'll block you. But I don't know. I've been reminiscing on moments that were like really, really important. I keep hitting the mic. Honestly, it's like, it's like a dick that I have that I forget that I have. Um... I've been thinking about like really important moments in my life, like life-changing moments, things that like really kind of made me go into the path that I'm going in today. And what are the fun things that happened? Oh, actually, before I do this, I'm going too far. We have a new producer in-house and I thought I'd say hello. Dylan, are you here? Hi. Hey, how are you? I can't hear him in my mic, but you guys hopefully can hear him at home. He's just so cute. He's like just sitting over there with his little computer. His legs are crossed, like yeah. just really great energy. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm appreciative of your pink mic that you gave me. <laughs> I started bringing a mic to comedy shows, not only because of COVID, but because um, comics are gross, as you know. Yeah. Discussing human beings. Yep. I didn't understand how much I touched my mouth to the mic until I wore a red lipstick one show. Yeah. And then realized it was like all over my chin and my neck. And I was like, oh, I guess I put it on my mouth. And then Do you have to hand that off. And then I would have to hand off the pink mic to yeah. the next fucking sucker. Do you apologize? I didn't notice until it was too late and I was home already and I nobody told me I had red lipstick all over my yeah. face. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to be a female comic, you know, man. It's like you want to look cute but you can't be too distracting. And what's to say like a girl can't be hot and funny? That's a big discussion. That's a bigger discussion than what we need to get into. But do you feel like when you go to see stand-up comedy and a, a girl's like dressed too hot, you feel kind of like taken out of it? Was that for both? Like if a guy's too hot, like, but have you ever seen a comedy, a comic guy that's like, whoa, that guy's too hot to do comedy. Yeah. Really? Who? Oh, tell me, are you, am I putting you on the spot? No, I think that Ryan Reynolds is an exception, but he's still not even that funny, but. But Ryan Reynolds is not really like a comic. He's not a comic, but I just, 
if somebody's too beautiful, you want to chop them down a little bit inherently. I think you're that's like, what do you? Ha- yeah. Smart. You're like, what do you have to be funny about? Like, yeah, you're yeah. good looking. Like, just go with that. Yeah, there's not enough self-deprecation running through their body because they're too pretty. Yeah, but you know what it is? They were fat kids. That's what it is. <laughs> like, look at Adam Ray. He's a really hot guy, like really outgoing. And then you go, mm, fat kid syndrome. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, get yeah. it. He doesn't know he's hot yet. So yeah. it's like, so that's where it comes from. Like, you know. Yeah. Maybe we were really awkward kids that just grew, like, grew into like these blooming onions. You were know? you a big fat kid? I was a real skinny kid. Like I was the opposite. People were like, eat a sandwich, you know? And I was like, what? <laughs> Super mean. Yeah, really. People would say, because uh, my initials are JCP, they would go, JC Penny, we hate your style. Jesus. I don't know God. why that one stuck with me. It's not even that bad. I, uh, on the playground one day, these two children, I didn't know who they were. I haven't seen them since. They just came up to me and pointed at my glasses and started laughing and then they walked away and I cried and <laughs> it's not as bad as JC Penny though. Nowhere near as bad. It's like, fuck you for not being able to see without glasses. Like kids are so mean. Yeah. And those things are like, they're in such moments of development for us that they just happen to be at the right place at yeah, the right yeah, yeah. time. Like yeah. imagine if instead of like laughing at your glasses, someone was like, cool glasses, man. Like yeah. would your whole trajectory have been completely different? I would not be a cynic. You would not be into comedy at that, all. That moment there turned me into a cynical asshole. Same. I think yeah. me too. I was like, wait a minute. And I was like really into my style at the time too. I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and it's never even about that. Like they got teased for something and they passed it down to you and then all of a sudden it becomes like everything that you centralize your insecurities around yeah but you're right there's nothing i could do about my eyes yeah what are you supposed to do i couldn't do anything and i think that babies with glasses on it can't get any cuter when they have the kind that goes around their little head those little tiny and sometimes when they're when babies heads get too coney because they lay down too much they put those little helmets on them (laughs) what was that it's um just excitement about baby helmets i just (laughs) I just like I really like tiny things people make fun of me all the time but like tiny furniture like tiny doll furniture like I don't want to be the girl who makes a dollhouse which nothing wrong with that like I wouldn't I just don't have the time and then I who would I give it to it would be awkward I'd be like I may do this dollhouse I think there's a ton wrong with it well what what do you mean is it creepy when like a a full-size woman makes little things tiny things yeah I don't think so I think it's cool it's creative it's crafty I don't know. I like I like concentrating on craft projects because it's like I miss homework. I'm that person. Like I need validation. That's why I like stand up. I like like right away you get validation for what you're doing. Like there's no like was this good? Was this good? with auditions? You got hold on forever. Hold your breath. With you know tiny doll houses, you go you can show the tiny doll her tiny chair right away, and she's like Ugh! you know. I mean you have to make her voice for it. You have to go well thanks, but still. You should go to a craft store after this. You, you know, need to get this out. Um, by the way, they know me by name at Michael's and at Joanne Fabrics. Those are my two favorite stores. Really? Yeah. I, I love crafting. I've always been. I was yearbook editor. I was like really. If I hadn't gotten into stand up, I would probably gotten into like design and editing and stuff like that. I really dig the the pens and the markers at Michael's. Ooh, yeah. I, I Ooh, know. Yeah. I don't have the skill to make the most out of those instruments. You just have them at your house like taking notes with a sparkly pen just a big huge fan of writing (laughs) utensils i really do i i collect all that stuff i think it's because also right before school would start my dad and i would go to like 
staples and have like a, a daughter dad day where we'd be like getting all the folders and getting all organized and I'd be like yeah like I, it was just such an exciting beginning of the year feeling I think I just really miss structure in my life <laughs> that's where that's where crafting comes in I think it's just like it gives me a sense of like beginning middle end that I don't think I get with a lot of these things because like you know you constantly have like projects rolling and ideas going and how did we veer off where did we start with that rant you want to talk about scuba diving Oh, I wanted to talk about scuba diving, but when, oh, we were talking about comics being too hot and getting teased as kids. Yeah, that's true. And then I said that, uh, that white male ally thing where I was like, I think it's tough on both sexes. <laughs> I like that. You're like, men suffer from being hot too. <laughs> it's so hard when women are sexualizing us on stage when we just want to tell dick jokes. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I love that. That's a bigger discussion, though, because honestly, like the other day I did a show and the host of the show was wearing this like really skimpy top and she looked gorgeous. I mean, like her tits were out. It was a little chilly. So they were hard, which is the best part, you know, and right away I was like, oh, she's like wearing kind of a skimpy top. That was like kind of my first thought. And then I was like, why did I have a negative connotation? She looks great and she feels good and she's happy in it. And it's like, is it a professionalism thing where I go, uh, maybe she's not dressed for the for a job, but then it's like stand-up isn't really like a job. You can do whatever you want. It's creative. So I've been like kind of tiptoeing the line of like, is there, can you look too hot or can't like, is there a trick to like, is there a fine line of like dressing like yourself, but still like not getting men too horny? Like, I mean, is that, are we doing things for men? Like, should we just do things for ourselves? I don't know. Fuck them. Fuck them. I mean, not like literally, but no, 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 oh, okay, okay. no, 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 I'm not saying that you should have sex with them. That's not the solution to the problem. Fuck them. But it is a societal thing, right? Because it goes, we go, okay, we have strip clubs where you can like pussies can be out, but men can't drink because it's like, oh, we don't want men to get crazy. Yeah. But it's like, but what if women want to show their pussies for to make money? And it's like, where is the law of like, but women get to do that. And we should like. It's like nothing is really catered to us, which is interesting, like in a bigger sense. I think hamstringing the sexual desires of men is overall a pretty decent idea in most arenas, but I get what you're saying. But do you know what I mean, though? Like, why should we have this bigger idea in society where it's like, we need to have these rules because men will get, they can't control themselves. It's like, control yourselves. Control yourselves just a track record that spans millennia you know yeah. like we can't do it they can't do it we can't do it like i wonder what it's like just to have to sit there like oh, i gotta masturbate like if i don't if i don't work off this pussy today yeah. i am gonna kill somebody like i guess that's how i feel when i don't do zumba so i can relate to you dudes i feel like if i miss zumba it's the same thing as blue balls so i get it sometimes i'll pick my own gel on my nail and i go ah couldn't control myself so i get that i guess your urge to have sex is like my urge to have a fresh gel and so we're all the same i guess the lesson is uh, <laughs> uh yeah I, so i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to tell i love having somebody to talk to i feel like i've just been talking to myself this whole time what tell me you were about to say something no i was just wondering what the lesson was I guess the lesson is just like take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Just like do things that make you comfortable and make you happy and make you the best version of you. And then like everybody else has to take care of them. Just expect other people to take care of themselves too. Fuck them. Fuck them. Oh, that's the lesson. Fuck them. Fuck them, man. I, as a kid, started having, I don't know where this came from. I think I saw some kind of a movie, but 
I've been horrified, terrified of fish ever since I was a kid. Like them touching me, being in the water. I would have all these nightmares about like a whale coming up to me and like touching me and all, all this crazy stuff. And I slowly started to get rid of my fear when I went to Tulum and I swam with a whale shark. It was incredible. It was like, I could have just walked into its mouth. It was so big. It was the largest thing I've ever seen. And then um, after my breakup, I was like, this is my moment. This is my moment to take it back, to take back the strength. I decided I was going to learn how to scuba dive, get my scuba diving certification um, and just like get over the fear and see what it's like. And um, have you ever gone scuba diving? Have you been? No, I'm afraid of the water. Like what's your fear of the water? Um, well, in Tulum, that same area, um, we, we went, my wife and I went scuba yeah. diving and it's wife just- braggart. It's a lot. Um, did you say wife ragger? I'm gonna move on. I said bragger. Um, it's just a lot more involved than people realize. Um, I think activities like that they require schooling and whatnot. I'm I'm just immediately out on. I agree. I for me, I think that's actually one of my fears was like eh, it's gonna be a big commitment. But I was I had just gone over this breakup and I was like I need to do this by myself because I was like in such a codependent situation, and so the whole thing like you have to do it for like two weeks where you go to this high this guy's house. The guy's name was Steve, which by the way, scuba Steve. I was like, you got to ride on this. And he was not into it. Like he, he kind of like felt hurt every time I said it. I was like, you're really missing a marketing opportunity here, dude. Scuba Steve. Are you kidding me? Um, I was like, make t-shirts. Let's get this. I'll help you. Um, he's like, please just Steve is fine. I'm like, okay, cool, Steve. Um, so you go to this guy's house for like two weeks and you have to do all this pool training. And along with it, you have to do all this studying. Like it's really technical stuff. And I was kind of scared of it because I, and also this is the one annoying thing. There's only one company that does it. They're called Patty, right? So the test would take literally five hours if you just did it straight, but you have to go through like 400 commercials of theirs like you did literally just go through like it take every a break every minute to watch their advertisement so you're like okay can we just get to the like will my lungs explode if I do this too fast you know so he's like okay hey we're going out next weekend it was like in a week and he was like so you're gonna have to do all your training that would have been in two weeks in like five days are you cool with that and I was like let's do this this is all I have you know and so I, I spend like three days in his pool I'm not really getting it. Like I thought it would just like immediately come to me. I'm like, everything's heavy. And you're right. Like the amount of equipment that you have to like first check on and then like carry yourself and like just putting the suit on itself. Like I never knew a wetsuit. It, it's literally just taking someone's virginity. It's just like, come on, every little bit of it. And my favorite part of a wetsuit though is like when you're in the ocean and it's freezing, you just pee in it. And then you're just like in your own pee for warmth. It goes up that. to your torso. It goes up to like yeah. like all the way to your like to your yeah. neck. So and just you pee to your neck. Yeah. I welcome it. Like yeah. I've talked about pooping in the ocean. I love peeing in the ocean. Like I wouldn't do it in a pool. I'm not a garbage can, but I uh, really enjoy peeing in the ocean. It's just so freeing. I just love it. Have you pooped in the ocean? Oh, I shit in the ocean. Yeah. No, I've never shit in the ocean. I feel like when you say shit in the ocean, it feels kind of aggressive, like you're littering. Like, <laughs> well, that's what you when did. I say. When, but I, when I say poop, it's just more of a cuter version of it. Like I just took a little poop in the ocean. You pushed shit out of your body into the ocean. That's yeah, I guess I. Well, yeah, I guess I also ate fish that day, so I'm just kind of putting it back. I'm there just kind go. of recycling. It's part of the ecosystem. Circle of life. Yeah, I'm feeding the fish. Um, 
So here I am at Scuba Steve's house, you know, doing all my studying and, you know, we're leaving for Catalina the next day. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I I still have like 10 hours of like homework to do this. He's like, don't worry about it. The other two will help you like when we're when we get to the island. And just a little like prehistory of Catalina for me. Catalina was really special to me in my last relationship because it was our first trip that we ever had taken together. And we stayed in this cute little place. It was like a Groupon because we were really broke. Catalina, by the way, is so expensive. <laughs> it is like a tiny island. It costs $70 to get out there. Free if it's your birthday. You said you've been, yeah? Yeah. It's just like a super expensive place. One guy owns like every restaurant. Yeah. And so we stayed in this little Groupon and all our clothes were wet because it was like so humid. And it was like the first time I had to like poop in front of, like not in front of him, but like in the same room as him and it was like just this very bonding experience and um while we were there we had made friends with this guy who like lives on the island and helps helps this one restaurant tour out and he's like this really he- heavy guy on a golf course and he was like you guys want to ride and it was so exciting because he loved me but he hated my ex he'd be like cool sure like just like teasing him and we thought it was hysterical yeah. it's just very apparent how he didn't like him it's very antagonistic i loved that he's like cool shirt what do you want to look stupid <laughs> like just really blatant like what man like okay i don't know why you hate him he's never done anything to you so we had this beautiful trip in catalina this guy owned for worked for this restaurateur so he lent us his these kayaks we took molly we like took these kayaks out had sex on this like little island over there it was just beautiful catalina is really well known too for all these buffalo that live in the woods which were brought there i want to say in the 20s for some westerns that they shot there and then they just left the buffalo and it's just they've just grown this huge buffalo population not sure if it's right for the beach ecosystem that they have going but they're there and um so i I, you know catalina had a really special place in my heart i did one of those seg what are they called segways what are those little like dang are they called segways yeah we did a segway tour yeah and i did not know that those could go as fast as going up a wall but don't try it at home i I really almost really killed myself on one of those um they have these controls now where you can't go faster than 35 miles an hour because i was going like 70 still really fast it's pretty fast to just be standing upright yeah somewhere you know we were taking a tour and they were like miley cyrus was once here we're like okay give us the good stuff you know so I loved Catalina already. So I go right after my breakup. We show up to Catalina. I don't know what happens to me. I'm bawling. I can't stop crying. Like we're at, we get there the first day. I just am seeing the island. Like it was just like a couple of weeks after my breakup. So I'm still in this like, and so I'm just crying. And there's these two other students and they're like, is she okay? And he's like, don't worry about her. I just keep leaving like group activities to go ball. I'm like, <laughs> you know? And the whole thing is very involved. Like you have to go, you have to walk like half a mile to get a fucking tank, which by the way, you have to also pay for. So the whole thing's like expensive. You know, I'm training, I'm getting really nervous. And then we finally like go to get in the water. And as I'm like going down into the water, it's just all fish, like no water. You can just see fish all on top of each other. And I'm just like going into the thing of fish, but I'm so worried about like the equipment and like getting everything right that like all of a sudden I don't care. Like not that my fear is cured, but just, are you okay? It's just disgusting. Disgusting. It's but, disgusting. But it's crazy because as soon as like you hit the line of going into the water, it becomes a completely different. It's like, it's like when 
Okay, you know what it is? It's like when you're at a party that's not really appropriate for like a fire breather to be at. You're like, oh, this feels out of place. And then you're like at Burning Man and you see that same chick and you're like, all right, dude, this makes sense. Like being in there, I was in the fish's house. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm in your house now. And, and we're underwater and it's already magical, but I am so nervous. Like if you guys have not scuba dived, I recommend it because I'm such a manic, like crazy person. It pushes you to be in this meditative, relaxing state that I've never had been in before. Like I I've paid for all the meditation. I've done it all, but like you have to breathe so slow or else you will breathe in water and you get fucked up and you're (laughs) and you have to do this thing where you take off your, you take off your eye mask really quickly to like clear it out. It, the whole thing is just so scary. It feels like you're dying and then you all of a sudden it switches and you become really peaceful and you figure out the rhythm and you're just like, and everything looks differently underwater. Like all the colors are different are different. And also your land, your lungs expand. And so you're getting a lot of oxygen and also some nitrogen from the tank into your brain and so you're kind of tripping and you're like just swimming through this kelp forest and any action that you do too fast fucks everything up so you have to like say really slow and chill which are not adjectives that people use for me usually (laughs) so it was hard for me so we're doing our first drill and it's like me in this like this like kind of like I don't want to say nebbish because that's kind of how I'm but like this like very smart but kind of nervous dude and this like kind of chilla chick and we'd been spending you know a couple days together now doing all the homework and stuff and we have like you know we're acquaintances at this point and there's this part where you're you have to practice if you run out of air in your tank the person with you is supposed to give you some of their tank but you're communicating all underwater there's like all these things like this means you're okay that's why like surfers and a lot of like scuba diving dudes are like Cause this means okay. Like, cause you can't go like this. Cause this is another signal. I forget what for, but ooh, I should really refresh. So we're doing this like training and scuba Steve's down there. He's chill. He's got long hair. It's fucking flowing. He's a merman. He's like done this a million times. He goes, he goes to take, he, t- I take out my tank out of my mouth for him to give me mine. And you're supposed to like hold on to each other in a way where you like kind of are floating on each other. This kid fucking panics and is like grabbing and I don't have a thing in my mouth. So I'm like, and I'm like panicking and it's like, we all start panicking and then Scuba Steve gives me his thing and we go back up and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm like fighting with this guy. Like I'm like swinging at him and it's like Steve is like pulling me off and I'm like, man, you almost fucking killed me. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. We like discuss how to do it again. We go down and we're like, okay, it's okay. It all happens. He does it again. He does it again. He panics again and almost fucking kills me again. So we go back up and I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to be anywhere near him, you know? So, so, meanwhile, the Chola chick is like gotten it already. And she's like off making friends with a tuna, like down the ocean. I'm like, cool. I'm stuck with this fucking white dude who can't, can't do anything. So we finally get it and we have this beautiful day. I go home, I'm bawling. I'm still like in my weird, like remembering memories. You know, I remember this other memory where, you know, the big fat dude on the golf cart who became our like personal driver for the Catalina trip. Like he saw us out at a bar one night and was like, you guys want to get some fresh donuts? And we were like, yeah, like the sun was just coming up and this other couple came with us and we're driving through Catalina and he tells us all these crazy stories. Like there was a hotel that burnt down and it was because uh, this guy was sleepwalking and set it on fire and got away with it. And we were like crazy. 
and this donut shop opens and we get fresh donuts as the sun is coming up and we're with this other couple and we're sitting in the back of the golf cart and we're just thinking how great we made a new new couple friends you know and then all of a sudden the girl finishes her donut and just tr throws her trash on the ground as we're driving away <laughs> what we thought you were cool and now you're littering this <laughs> you know when you find out like right away like oh you're a piece of shit like you're a garbage human like you you just littered like while this guy is showing you around like proudly showing around his beautiful island town like that moment where you're like we can never be friends like and she's like oh whatever and we were like just laughing about it so i'm crying about that and i'm having nightmares about getting eaten by whales and you know drowning because you it's so nerve-wracking and i just i'm like i can't do it i'm gonna, not gonna be able to do the second day <laughs> We get there the second day. I'm like, don't even fucking come near me. I forget the kid's name. I'll post a photo of him right here. This, this fucking dude. And uh, he, Scuba Steve was feeling like we were maybe overwhelmed. The group was overwhelmed by the, the close calls from the next day. So he brought in another instructor to help us. And this guy shows up, Dave. And he's just like this hot, cool. Yeah. You know, Dave. You know the Fuck Dave yeah. types. Yeah. He shows up and I'm like, daddy. And we're immediately, the other girl too is like, oh my God. Like we're both like, who is this guy, you know? And all of a sudden everything is chill and it's like my second day of scuba diving. I'm not grossed out by the fish. I'm not almost dying from the guy pulling my air away from me. And we just have this incredible magical day and I, like, I finally get it. I These like three huge tunas that are really well known in Catalina come out. They like live there. They're like, basically the size of my body yeah dinosaurs dinosaurs and i'm on the floor of the ocean like laying down and dave comes up to me under the water and he's like come here come here and he's got this little pad that you can write underwater in so i tell him a joke which is one of my ex's jokes i felt kind of bad about it but i was like what kind of a bee makes milk and he was like and i was like a booby and we were like go, go, go. underwater it was the best we we're like <laughs> you wrote that out underwater yeah i wrote it he had like this little pad like a little underwater pad which by the way that's what i have in, i have a shower pad that's like my merch that i oh, sell God, yeah come into you come into a nearby jadecatapreta.com check it out water pads so i wrote in this little joke and it was just this like magical beautiful day and i I, I literally, I got over my fear. Now I don't have, like I used to have dreams about whales all the time and how scared I was of them. And now I just like, I think of them in such a different way. And we're destroying the ocean. <laughs> we are destroying the ocean. One, one fucking died salmon at a time. Don't ever watch Seaspiracy if you like to order fish at a restaurant. Did you watch it? I can't do Sam, it. did you watch it? Oh my God, that's not even a roommate. Hey, you guys, you want to get together and watch this documentary about how the world's ending? <laughs> I can't do it. It's too much. It's, you know, any food documentary I knew, but I just had to see it. And it's just, it, it's a massacre. And like the fish that we get from restaurants are just dyed orange and dyed pink. Like the salmon is all gray that's farm raised. And they're all like covered in parasites. It's disgusting. Disgusting. But you know what, Scuba Steve, you are the whole reason why I fell in love with the ocean again. And like, I dream about scuba diving on a weekly basis. Like, I'm ready to get back out there. Congratulations. Thank you. That's Thank huge. you. But the bigger thing was, I then connected with this guy, fucking Dave, right? I'm like, Dave. So Dave, it, it turns out to be, so he, what he does for a living is he just scuba dives. Like, of course, it's just like a thing he does. He's just like, 
done 10,000 plus hours of scuba diving. He also skydives. Of course he does. And he is a men's like life coach. That's like what he does for a living. Like he does these workshops to help men with like their confidence and stuff like that. Like a real life. Who's that Will Smith? What was that Will Smith movie where he was like a life coach? The Pursuit of Happiness. No, no, come on. Men in Black too. <laughs> Men in Black. Here comes. I used to have a dance to that song. You can't sing it; it'll get taken off YouTube. Yeah, I know. I'm like, um, but so I, you know, Dave. I, it was too early for me. I was still grieving, but he took me skydiving. And when we were up in the air, I told him another joke. So I was like, I've told you a fucking bad one-liners at both extremities of the world. 10,000 feet in the air and 10,000 feet underwater. I just thought it was so romantic. Did you guys? It, we didn't because it was too soon. I was too, it was, I was too messed up still. You know, guys can just jump back in, jump right back into the dating pool, jump right back into like, girls can't. And if they do, it'll come back to haunt you. You got to get through it. I had to be alone a little bit. You know what I mean? I had to, I found Cheryl. I fell in love with Cheryl. But the whole thing was just such a crazy experience. And did you know this? Fun fact. If you go scuba diving, you have to wait like two weeks to go skydiving because your lungs have to, like, they'll explode if you go up. They have to depressure rise. Depressurize? They yeah. have to, like, dip. They, they have to come back to their normal size. Yeah. It's the stuff I never think about. Like if you go come up too fast, your brain just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why you don't do it. Yeah. More into activities that don't change your, the structure of your organs or anything. Like but that. how exciting is that? It's like you're, di you're literally comp composed of different things at that point. Yeah. But people that do it all the time, you know, those are the cool, like there was one of the instructor chicks was just like, you know, like leather skin fucking a uh, beach yeah. babe like white hair just lives the mermaid you know like they don't even feel like themselves when they're not diving she's gonna look so gross when she's older she yeah she's 37 she's going on 45 or i guess yeah. older would be funnier but she i didn't like think of the saddle. number she looks like a saddle hey what are you doing why are you getting oh i'm so sorry you're not the saddle <laughs> i'm so sorry i also love horseback riding i haven't been horseback riding in a long time have you are you a horse why am i asking you're not a horseback rider i rode a lot when i was a young boy you did when i was yeah. a young boy yeah and we just went horseback riding this past weekend no here in la no at alisal ranch i'm gonna get that information i miss riding horses yeah but there is something like very you're just grinding on the saddle like as you're on a horse yeah very central but for men you're just like just squishing your, where do your balls live when trotting is an uncomfortable gait it's yeah. very, very bounced. You kind of have to keep yourself up, like yep. your legs up, right? Yep. yep. Wow. It's like, you know, we might think it's hard to be a girl, but think about guys. They have to sit on balls all the time. Like that's, can't be comfortable. It's horrifying. Horrifying. Poor horses, man. They're just like, we just want to be. And then we're like, no, we're going to ride you. Like just grind on your back. How's that? Do you like that? You're not only getting me to the place I need to be, but I'm also going to grind you out. <laughs> Horseback riding. Yeah, I miss it. I wish there was a place. I used to live in an equestrian area here. There's a whole equestrian farm in Atwater Village. Yeah. And um, people just ride their horses around. It's so fun. It's like there's something so calming about animals, honestly. I, I, need, I need more in my life. And I hate seeing like the fucking cop, the cop horses. Yeah. I'm like, wait, they didn't want to be a cop. <laughs> Maybe they want to be scoundrels out on the streets. Well, they're not cops. They are cops. 
they're cop adjacent. They're instruments of justice. I like thinking about a cop catching his horse doing something that's illegal, like spray yeah. painting. And all. <laughs> Buddy, what are you doing, man? Hauling oats. Come on. How could you guys do that to me? Horse names are incredible. Yeah, they are always like, yeah. they haven't gotten to the point where they're like human names. Yeah. Bob. Bob. People change. I like human names for dogs. Yeah. Cheryl obviously is my dog's name, but if yep. I had another dog, her name would be Barbara or Monica. Monica's yeah. my vac- vacuum's name. What? My vacuum. Like I have a, a Ufi. It's connected to my like Google home. So I'll go like, hey, Google, turn on Monica. And they're like, turning on Monica. Are you concerned that your environment's turning into kind of like a HAL 9000 kind of thing? I hope so. I'm in charge of it too. I'm like, I'm like that smart home. Remember that smart home movie? Oh yeah, of course. I've been watching all the goodies. Like I got into soul skating the other day. What's that movie called? What? <laughs> Look it up. It's like, it's a movie about soul skating. Oh, Brink. Brink. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Those are the dudes I wanted to date. I was like, I want the sponsorship guy. I don't care about the soul skater. <laughs> I want the guy that's all, got all the cool gear. That's who I'm going after. Yeah, the guy that's sponsored by a dog grooming company. Yeah, it was like such a big deal. Are you a soul skater? Are you doing it for the heart? Are you doing it for the fucking sponsorship? I'm doing it for the money. I don't know what the <laughs> yeah, fuck why would you? Yeah, why would you not? I love those movies. There was also like a movie that I got really into that was a Nickelodeon movie about a girl who lived in space. Well, that's Xenon, right? Xenon. And it was like, zoom, 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 make a heart go boom, boom. Wait, is that copywritten? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you have to stop. I'm sorry. Music is in my heart, okay? Uh, yeah, no, there's Xenon. I mean, Alley Cat Strike Back. I don't know why that one hits me so hard. I, I guess I'm a huge fan of bowling or something. Yeah, but. I just love all those old, like, when you're a kid, I just love that feeling. It's like... You know, it's like the curtain's been way too ba- pulled back. Like, I think about this all the time. I, w- I love watching TV with my sister, but I kind of ruin it for her. I'm like, oh, that's my friend Allie. She's thrown up at my house once. And she's like, w- she's not a mom and that's not her young child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, commercials are ruined. I'm constantly like, oh, I auditioned for that. Just, <laughs> I just yeah. put a negative spin on everything she watches. I should go scuba diving again, honestly. I wonder if my PADI certification is still... If you had to do all of that over again, would you do it? Yeah, I would do it. It was like, I, I honestly needed to go through it. Like I was so codependent in this relationship. Like I didn't really do a lot of stuff. Like honestly, he, I like, I, he just did a lot of stuff. Like, you know, he would just plan things. And like, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll go with it. It was great. You know, but I kind of needed to take that power back of like, I'm doing this. This is an action. I'm duly, fully on my own. And like, I might fall and fail and there's nobody there to pick me up. Like I kind of needed to go through you would go back to Scuba Steve's backyard. I go back to his pool, dude. They were cool. They served me some iced tea. It was really nice. Yeah, that I go back. Sometimes I get emails. And then I did one sea cleanup, which was horrifying. Horrifying. Like the amount of toothbrushes I saw in the ocean almost, almost shook me into like a, a coma. I was like, how many toothbrushes, plastic toothbrushes do we need? I think you just rolled up on a toothbrush dump. I probably did. That's not a commonly. That's a common thing. That's one of the things that takes forever. Like a, a common, uh, because of the plastic, it's so thick and the way it's processed, it takes like 75 years to, oh, yeah. to decompose and to, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that they're trying to like, you know, delegalize, delegalize. That's not a word. Make illegal. They're trying to get rid of them and make all toothbrushes like out of this bamboo plastic. Okay. I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah. Me too. I have a guy who did, a, who had a bamboo 
toothbrush company. That was pretty cool. I was like, or get a fucking Sonicare. It's 2021. Yeah, I know, but like Sonicare, the heads. Oh, the heads. They're too? still plastic. Yeah. You can't do the heads. Well, the heads. You got to throw the heads away every once in a while. You can't have the same head for a while. What do you? Is your brush all soft? You got to have a hard brush. I mean, the coming liter- from that, like I have, I've had like 40 cavities. So. The literature on that is, I don't know, it's pretty divisive. Well, like people who are for and against toothbrush heads. soft and, and hard textured <clears throat> Oh, brussels. I see, I see. Yeah, because yeah, it feels like aggressive. I brush my teeth too hard. I exfoliate too hard. The only thing I don't do hard... Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. What are my only soft actions? I'm only soft towards my dog. Everything else, I'm like, harsh. Yeah. 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 I like your calming energy. I feel like it, you're like my yang and I'm the ying. I'm the like, ooh. And then you're like, chill. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. No, but yeah, those moments were really uh, important to my like being a full human now. I think I just fell into relationships and then would just be codependent and didn't care. But like also I was just very codependent with my family. And I was thinking about the first time I ever lived by myself. I did like a a summer program in San Francisco this place called Cap 21 Collaborative Arts of the 21st Century. And I went, I got into this program and it was really cool because it was uh, acting and dancing, all that stuff, but it was also clown work. Which, <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm laughing, right? I'm laughing at myself because, yep. Yep. you know, not a lot of comics have a background in uh, physical clown work, but I really put in my time. You know, I'm a classically trained clown. A lot of fake falls and mask work. And um, I got into this program really last minute and I could not afford to go out there on my own. My parents were like, eh, good luck, you know. So I went out there and I, I was staying with a friend and then I, I, I got a job like bartending at intermission at this theater. So I would make like $25 per round and be like, oh my God, I did it. And at the time there was this really interesting play going on about bestiality, how the guy, this guy had fallen in love with this sheep. Really good play that I can't think of the word now. Think of the name now, but. It was really good. I think you can find it if you should. It's like a big, big author. Yeah, it was really good. It was like it had really good people in it. And it was like basically about this man who falls in love with a sheep. And then she like kills the sheep at the end. And she comes out and she's like holding this bloody sheep. Maybe it was a goat. What do people fall in love with? (laughs) But so I'm living in San Francisco. It was my very first time living alone. And I found this guy who was a clown who had a sublet. And he let me stay in the sublet. And it was the first time I had ever lived alone ever in my life. You know, college, you kind of live in a dorm and you're like in a community. You're not really in a, an apartment. And I was living in the in the mission in San Francisco, which was like one of the most, like just it, so many homeless people. It was like one of the like sketchiest part of the mission. And I lived in this basement apartment and it was so scary. I could just hear them outside my door all the time. And that's the first time I ever got really into Radiohead. Somebody was like, Just put a Radiohead album on and you can listen to the whole album and it'll help you fall asleep. Did you find it? Yeah. What is it? The goat or who is Sylvia? Yes, the goat. Who is Sylvia? So it is a goat. So so some some of my memories, right? Who wrote it? It's like a Radiohead album. It's like a big. Um, Edward Abbey. Yeah. So I was going to say, I was like, I I know it's a big playwright. And um, so I'm living in this thing. I found Radiohead is great. And then every night I would come out, there was like this woman, this homeless woman who's kind of living outside my doorstep and she started bringing in Joe's. Like she would have like 
she would be having sex with these guys yeah right outside of my window and I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to do and finally like I just called the cops one night because it was just like I had had enough and I was scared and I was like I, I, I gotta get this lady out of here and she you know they left it was a whole thing we made eye contact as they were like talking to her and oh, I was like no. fuck then following morning I wake up and there's just a human shit yeah outside of my door I had never seen a human shit like that wasn't my own or a family members <laughs> not that I've seen like all my family's poop <laughs> like I had never seen like a, just a human like a perfect log just I got the message you know what I mean she was like fuck you bitch healthy stool though healthy stool I thought wow for people who are probably eating out of a garbage can yeah for a feels street like you have a balanced diet yeah yeah um but that whole experience was like just such a forming experience too. living in San Francisco and like barely make I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd make $25. So I'd have like $30 at a time to my name. And I would like get a bagel that was like a dollar 25. And then I, the lunch I could like almost figure out and like nobody really knew how fucking broke I was. And you had to develop your own clown character and everyone's like going to their parents, getting their outfits made and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm just going to look and see what this guy has. So I happened to just like be living in this sublet and the guy was a clown. So he had all this stuff. So I came up with a clown character that was like a bitchy French clown that was like. <laughs> so I guess that's really my stand up persona. What was her name? I don't even remember. I don't think they had names. I don't think we had names. I think it was like Jade. Whatever. The bitchy French clown. The bitchy French clown. Yeah. In that program, my acting teacher was the guy who played the urn guy in The Big Lebowski. And I remember thinking it was such a big deal. Who's the urn guy? You know, the guy who sells him the urn, that really funny scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just remember being like, have you seen The Big Lebowski? Do you remember the urn scene? That was my acting teacher. <laughs> like all my really early claim to fames were like, okay, do you remember that play? Okay, not the main guy, but okay, you know the guy who played like the supporting character under the main guy? Yeah, so yeah, not him, but his cousin was like in an acting scene with me in this theater company, yeah. But those moments, like I miss, I miss being in school. I love school. I'm just a nerd, dudes. I miss having like, okay, and now you've, I've taught you this. This is your challenge. How are you going to make it your own? And I'm like, I miss having that. Yeah. It was just such a fun summer. I dated a girl, my first girl that summer. This girl named Carly from Toronto is really exciting. She really just looked like a little boy, but I was into it. And uh, it was just such a definitive summer for me, like being so broke and making it work. And and I remember we were like kind of going through the kitchen looking for something. Some friends I had made were with me and we find this like entire bag of what we think is weed. We're like, is this a whole bag of weed? We're such idiots. And we figured out it was hemp that he had been like making stuff with and we're like oh man we thought it was weed and then we keep looking and then we open the fridge and it is just like brick stacked with brownies and we're like these have got to be weed brownies and I call him I'm like hey what's up with it he's like help yourself give them all out like they're gonna go bad just help yourself so I just remember being in San Francisco all the time just being like hey man do you want this brownie you know I just was like I felt so cool did it have pot in it? Yeah, pot brownies. I just was handing them out. I handed them out to everybody. I gave one to the urn teacher. Yeah. Gave one to Carly. I was really popular. I also, that summer, before I started dating this girl, Carly was like going on girl dates. Like kind of, you know, I'm trying to figure out my sexuality. And I met this girl and, and she was like, yeah, I should tell you like, I'm kind of more queer. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't know what that means. You know, she'll probably have like hairy armpits or something. I was like, okay. It was like not in a time where... um you know, sexual 
ambiguity it was like as specific and I was like okay let's just see this and like I see her from a distance we're like yay hey and she's got these big tits she's really hot and as I get closer I'm like she's growing a beard she's growing a beard like and I, I'm, I'm just starting to panic like I can see it from a distance but she's like got a little bit of mustache and then like a goatee okay and I didn't I mean whatever I, I we saw the date she was a really cool girl or I don't know if she or that she was really cool that I, that's hard to do yeah big tits big tits but i kept i just kept looking up at her like baby goatee is that what queer means yeah i guess at the time she wasn't like she wasn't fully transitioning into like being a man but she just did not but she didn't identify as a woman so she at the time Got when like it. gender didn't really have like they them yeah she was like i'm queer that's a tough. But I never asked. That's a tough first putt for you. I didn't know the there. pronouns. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I want to motorboat you still, but then I don't want to touch your beard. It was right. just like this. I wasn't ready for it, like, cause I, I do, I love a ambiguous. Like, I don't know what you are. I don't. I love whatever you identify as. I love it. Like, but it was just too much for me, and I, 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 I felt I was like, it's like one of those things. It's like um, that Seinfeld episode where like the man hands thing, like in some lights, her hands just looked like man hands and. I just kept seeing the goatee. It was just, I wasn't ready for it. Like I'd be ready for her now, but I, at the time I was just like, oh, it's too much for me to handle. <laughs> You've lived. I have lived. You really have. I feel like I have. This podcast, sometimes I'm like, Jesus, I've like really gotten out there. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Go on dates with a... Uh... Goat people. Yeah. And scuba dive. Scuba dive. And I skydive too within that story. Confront homeless people? They shit on your doorstep? They shit on my doorstep. A You've full home. Lived. Have, most people have not seen like a bear poop like that in public, like in daylight. Shocking. Yeah, it's jarring. I And I couldn't, I didn't want to grab it. I didn't want to move it. So I just let it dry out and I would just step over it for like a week until yeah. eventually it just went away. Yeah. I wonder if she took it back. <laughs> she, just, <laughs> she just was like, I'll be, thank you. And this is mine. Also, skydiving. Have you done that? I know. Okay, you haven't. I don't know why I asked. Sam? Uh, Me and my roommate started to, but... (laughs) I golf. Okay, that's fun. It's a hard hold. So that's pretty adventurous. Yeah, getting the grip down is pretty tough. The grip's hard. (laughs) The grip feels like unnecessary. you, You can hurt yourself. Yeah, you could really swing too hard. I mean, I told my boyfriend pulled his back pulling his suitcase off of the rack. So it's like... There's enough danger in meniality. You know? Is there? Because I feel like Tiger Woods has done everything he can to just feel something. I feel like golf is not doing it for him. Yeah. But skydiving, it's so exciting. I mean, like, but I had just scuba dived, so I felt kind of like, this is it? And also, when you first skydive, a lot of people make fun of this already, but it's true. Like, you're tied to a, a dude. Yeah. And then you just feel his, like, kind of not full boner but like half boner on your back the whole time and you're like so do you have kids (laughs) like it's just this weird like very intimate but not intimate enough moment and I mean the rush is from jumping out but then everything else you're just like how bad am I gonna hurt myself when I land (laughs) yep like I miss not having that fear where like I made a rubber like, I remember falling and just hurting myself so bad and be like, <laughs> fun. Now I'm like, ah, god damn it. I'm going to yeah. deal with this. 
It's crazy how much more dangerous falling is the older you get. Bunk beds, I mean, it's a death wish for anybody over 35, I think. They're really, really dangerous. (laughs) Really, really dangerous. Bunk beds. I never got comfortable in bunk beds. Would you be a topper or a bottomer? With bunk beds? Yeah, I guess I was just going to make you say it and then go with it, but with bunk beds specifically, yeah. Bottom. (laughs) I'm definitely a top. See, I knew it. I'm a top. I'm a top. Well, you've lived. I've lived. That's why. But yeah, I went back to see when I went back to San Francisco to do shows like a few years ago, I went back to the place where I lived and it was all boarded up. It was such a cool apartment. Like he had done it all himself and it was like this tiny little apartment but really artistic like the ground in the bathroom was all like little stones that he had taped like like glued to the ground it was just so cool like I was like this is this is what it's like to be an independent clown living in San Francisco in the mid 2000s (laughs) very romantic I just I got I'm glad that I got to do all that stuff like I think about sometimes like my sister stayed in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is cool. She has this beautiful life there. She has a community, people who support her. What well, That's weird. What's that like? Yeah. Not people that are doing the same thing as her and feel competitive with her. And like, she just has this beautiful, like supportive life. But like, sometimes I wish I, that she had gotten to see all the weird shit that I've gotten to see, like just traveling, you know, and getting to do all this crazy stuff. I mean, I went, I did comedy in Japan with a bunch of friends and we swam with these fucking monkeys. We you just, can't. You just, have so much more podcasting to do. I, I got to hold on to the stories. Yeah, I'm burning all the stories in one. You can't do it. Hey, BRB. Hey, if you want to find out what happened with me and that monkey in Japan, you better tune in next time. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't That's... know. I guess it's like, you know, do you have that kind of personality that makes you seek out adventure? Or is it just like, you know what I mean? Is it a type of person? I'm hungry for adventure all the time. Like, I want to see what's out there. Like, I'm trying to pitch a show, which, by the way, this is the most overpitched show in Los Angeles. Once Dave Attell did a show, and it was called Insomniac. And if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It was basically just him going to these, like, weird little towns, staying up really late and doing weird shit with weird people, which is, like, what I want to do. Have you seen that show? Obviously. And um, Dave Attell, when people ask him, like, "That's, that's my favorite comedian. That's probably my favorite comedian. Uh, Sebastian's a close second, but I, he's incredible. Um, but I just want to go into weird towns and like try different things, new things all the time. I feel like I've almost done everything. And then I, I watch like a travel show where they're like pulling out like a, a dick shaped clam out of the ocean. And I'm like, oh, my God. Gooey duck. Gooey ducks. Yeah. Have you had one? No, I've never uh, bitten down on a gooey duck. I've never had a gooey either. <laughs> Maybe I'll save the story for another time, but I did have like a, a black clam that looked just like a vagina in, in Japan. And when you cook it, it like squeals. It was the whole experience was so disgusting. <laughs> but, but I am just like, I'm hungry for, I I want to, maybe, maybe because of the adrenaline of stand up, I feel like I need more adrenaline to feel anything. You, you might die young. No, I hope not. You go, go around little towns all over the United States. As Sam? long as I stay away from the Zoom headquarters, I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> now, I want to adventure. I want to try more stuff. I, I, and I think it's also because I don't feel like I fit into one place. I'm in constant search of like wanting to, f- 
Like maybe somewhere I'll go into this tiny, weird, little weird town where I find all these women who love to craft and tiny things and who scuba dive and <laughs> take shits on steps. And who, they're like, come, we don't take shits in, in toilets. We take shits in ocean here. I don't know what the accent is. That's it's like it. A, it's a weird Norway town. Please come take shits in the ocean with us. We only shit in oceans here. I don't know. I just want to. I just was thinking about that movie Midsummer. That's a whole thing. I was just, you just yeah, right. That. Yep. Some kind of move like some of these horror films and these films that are like graphically insane. It's just like I don't know. It's horror porn. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a real thing they did. They what? jumped off fucking the elderly. They yeah. would nose dive. Yeah. Onto rocks. So if you haven't seen Midsummer, there there's a very graphic scene where the elderly of this town, this like beautiful older woman and this old man, they're, they have this be- beautiful meal and then they literally jump down onto this rock and their heads smash. And then like one of their heads doesn't smash all the way and she's like half alive and somebody just comes over with like a mallet and it's like, just so graphic. And like the feeling of it, like ugh, I hate that feeling of that movie. Oh, that movie made me feel so weird. But like also it's beautifully done. The other movie that he did with the brothers and sisters, Tooth, Dogtooth? Oh, Dogtooth and then her. I recommend that yeah. movie as well. Look, see, I watch classic television, but I also watch Real Housewives. So it's like, you got to have a little bit of it all. And there's nothing that I like more than binging on Housewives. We thought it'd be fun if I did a little update every week because I love this shit. And I might as well talk about it because why not? And I just have to say, bravo, bravo. You have been... Better than ever with these housewives. You are coming back strong. You just announced an all-star season where all the best housewives go on vacation together. And my tiny little brain cannot handle it. My heart is exploding with joy. Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw the little preview. I also have some insight because I'm friends with (laughs) some insiders in there. And I, you know, I'm just very excited to see all the different housewives intermingle with each other because we put them in such a bubble. Like they live in New York. They live in Miami. <laughs> so what's the format? Are they throwing them on like an island type thing? Yeah, they're going to take them all. It was a Tulum. Did I misread it? I Maybe. thought, well, so they're taking like, I think the cast is, I want to say it right, but it's Teresa from Jersey, which is great. Countess, Ramona, um, and then Cynthia and one more person from Atlanta that is not Kenya, going. And Kenya, yeah, I'm flying the one. And they're going to give them like they basically go on vacation and see how they handle it. But I think they all live in a house together. I'm just excited to see them like intermingle with each other. And because, you know, I've met so many of the housewives and I always watch the show and I go, oh, yeah, we would be best friends. Me and Bethany Frankel. Oh, my God. (laughs) We would be talking over each other. And then I'm so intimidated when I meet them. It's like this weird like I'm kind of starstruck by them in a weird way because you feel so intimate. You see so much of their life. And Last year I did BravoCon. No, the year before. COVID has wiped my brain. Like I don't understand. I don't remember dates, people's names. Um, the year before last I did BravoCon and I met almost all of them. And it was just, I was like, I felt like a little girl. Like it was so crazy to be at BravoCon also because it's like when you like something specific, like let's just say tiny furniture, okay? Yeah. And you go to a tiny furniture convention and it's like, not only all the tiny furniture and all the tiny glues and all the accessories you can get, but it's also like thousands of people who are like, yeah, tiny furniture. Fuck. And I was just like, (laughs) it was just so exciting, like to be amongst these people who love this kind of show. And everybody says it's lowbrow. Okay. And I understand because of the material it's produced. 
It's based on like, you know, trivial things, fights over dogs and, you know, whatever. Dinner table seating. Dinner table seating, rumors, gossip, who slept with who. But I honestly think there's something so engaging and actually intellectual about watching what happens to these people when they know they're being watched. Like there's something about the whole study of like, I don't know, just like people watching and like survival and how they portray themselves and how they think they're coming off and then how they're produced. And I just find that the whole thing so fascinating. I don't know. I just can't get enough of it. I told, I told Dylan this. I'm like, if they, if they did a big brother style of housewives where they're just watching them all the time, like weaves off. I'm like, I want to see that. There's a new episode of Dallas that just came out and it was juicy. They went to the Dynasty house where they shot Dynasty. And I guess it's almost like considered landmark in Texas because what else are they going to hold on to? Sorry, Texas. Um, So they're like at this house and they're so excited. And and Carrie, the Spanish woman on the show, who's like always kind of drunk, is just constantly pushing people in pools. Like they play this whole murder mystery game and it's so cool. And like the girl who's the murderer like goes around and shoots everybody. The, the one of the, who's dead acts dead the whole time. It's so fun. They're all in character. They're like someone's been shot, you know. And then when they find out the murder, Carrie gets all excited and throws her in the pool. I would never. Look at me. If you ever fucking throw me in, we're done. Like don't ever look at me again. Like it's such an inconvenience. <laughs> Like what adult child does, it makes me so angry. And then you're like wearing, like, wait, your phone is in your pocket. Like what if your drunk is in your pocket? It's not an okay thing to do. It's not okay. It's not okay for adults to be pushing. And she's done it multiple times. I think this time was like the third time. And then they close the episode. I love when Bravo does this, like the to be continued. And yeah, it's like, we know what happens already. But they do this whole thing where they're at the dynasty house. And the last day they all dress up like dynasty characters, you know, um, they all just look very white and they're like, and Brandy, the really like religious redhead on the show who I've met is really sweet. And she was like, you know, I just want to thank my husband. He's been here for me. You know, it's just so wonderful. And then they do one of those things where at the very end of housewives, if you guys don't watch, they do this little thing where it's like those coming of age movies where it's like, and then this person went on to be like the president of the senior club. Like, you know, they do like a, whatever happened to them in the future. And do the, all for the, all the housewives. But this wasn't the finale. And then all of a sudden, they do this thing that's like, six weeks later, Brandy wasn't feeling well and t- went to the doctor and figured out she was pregnant and just delivered a beautiful baby girl. And this is like seconds after she's toasting and the night before after she's blackout drunk and like breaking the dynasty house. Like, yikes, okay? Yikes. Not that I expected anything else, but it's just like, what? Like, I think as a person, I would have been like, maybe don't mention that they had a baby like right after I was like drinking for a week straight. Anyway, then after that, they also hint to the fact that they found footage of her husband cheating on her. It's like. Kick a girl when she's down. Literally, she just had a baby. She just had a baby after she was like blackout drunk for a week. Just let her enjoy the baby life a little. Instead of Rockwell pregnancy, she makes fun of minorities and then drinks a lot and then has a child. Well, she actually got in trouble last year for like doing like a super insensitive video making fun of Asian people. She was like pulling her eyes and like just black and white. So insensitive. She's doing a a Mr. Yunioshi. So maybe, yeah. So maybe, you know, it's like a karma moment and I hope the baby's healthy and she's happy. But I just was like, fuck. And then now on top of it, her husband's cheating on her publicly. 
imagine how difficult that is. I mean, already you have to go through your group of friends judging you and then the whole world judging you. I mean, and then you go, hey, guess what? You put yourself in that situation. You decided to be in the limelight. But that sucks too. Just because you're trying to be vulnerable and open, like then the world attacks you. I don't know. I always kind of feel bad talking about it in this, like this openly, but it's like, come on, dude. Choose on the days that you're filming not to be blackout drunk. Just like one time, you know? I don't know. Just be in control of when they're filming you. And then they just announced that Barbara, one of the old castmates, I guess she wasn't really a castmate, but she was like one of Lou's friends in the Real Housewives of New York. Um, She was toying with the idea of running for mayor. That's all we need. Caitlyn Jenner running for mayor in California. And Barbara in from the New York Housewives running for mayor in New York. I mean, anything is better than Giuliani. Let's admit it. But on one of the episodes, she got <laughs> she got tanning lotion, like tanning dye on all the white furniture of this house where they stayed. And I just thought, mm, I can't have a mayor who doesn't respect fabrics. I respect fabrics too much. I'm that person. She's not aware of her surroundings. You, If you're not aware, it's like, and then it's like Giuliani's constantly sweating tanning lotion too. Like what's up with these people? They're so, un- they want to help other people and yet they can't even figure out they're not aware of their surroundings. Like simple things. Like you you didn't know that if you put tanning on, lotion on like a day before, you'd just be sweating orange. I'm so disgusted. Because I remember thinking, Giuliani, hell yeah. Not that like I'm a political person, but I was like, he's doing good things for New York. Yeah. At one point. Yeah, he was throwing people up against the hoods of cars. We don't need to get that. You know, we don't need to get political. Let's go back to the <laughs> But that's all I'm saying. It's like, hey... If you're going to run for office, maybe do things that just be more self-aware. I don't know. It's like it's all getting so muddied now. It used to be that like you couldn't really be an actor and be on reality TV because people would not take you seriously. And now it's just like free for all. Just get your name out there. Hey, if Trump can be president, you can do things, too, if you have power online. No. Do you think that people need to start? Do you think that online is going to start getting controlled? Like in a way where they're going, you can't say this or you can't like freedom of speech is going to change because people have too much power. Are you really asking? I don't know. I'm freaking out about Elon Musk hosting SNL. Like I'm just having this whole breakdown of like, I don't know. Like, is it going to get to a point where it's like you, it's going to be monopolized by these people who by these like five people, the whole world. You know what? What? Fuck it. You just got to do you, boo. That's it. Just focus on you. <laughs> I love that that's always going to be the advice. Like, honestly, what do you think I should do? Should I break up with him? Dude, you just do you. Okay, yeah, but can you like be more specific? Can you help me? You, bro. You. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, you know what? I. It's hard to just do you. It's hard. There's a lot of factors that put it into it, you know? I just got to breathe. <laughs> Guys, we did it. We did it. Let me know how you feel. Dylan's here. Sam's here. We're a nice little threesome now. We're getting a little more segmented. There's cool new art. I don't know if you've seen it, but check it out. My friend Richie De La Deso. Check him out online. He's awesome. He did all these lower thirds. And hey, I have a new Patreon. Very exciting. Um, now I have four. So, hey, are you going to be the fifth and the sixth? It's up to you. Please join. Do all the subscriptions. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Authentic. We're here at the YouTube comedy page. And, um, yeah, my Patreon should be down here. 
Check me out. I'm doing some local shows. And huh, I hope you have a great day. You've been jaded. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá.